Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Katie Paul, who's Director of Global Enterprise Solutions at Lalemica. And today we're going to talk about supply chain visibility and automation, creating a trueless, touchless order. So now on the one hand, the quest to achieve end-to-end -end supply chain visibility continues to get more difficult as supply chains become more global and fragmented. But on the other hand, uh, you know, advancements in technology are making it easier for companies to overcome these challenges and to automate their processes. So what hurdles still remain for companies to, over, uh, to overcome? Why is changing the, the status quo important? Uh, how can technology help? And you know, what are some of the key benefits of undergoing a digital transformation? Well, those are some of the key questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have Katie with us to share her insights and advice on this topic. So Katie, welcome to the program. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for having me, Adrian. Uh, so Katie, uh, we've had folks from Alemica throughout the years on, on Talking Logistics. You're, you're a first-time guest. So you know, before we dive into this topic of supply chain visibility and, and automation, I'm always curious how people get into this crazy industry that we're in. Crazy, but fun. Uh, so why don't we start there? Just briefly tell us a little bit about uh, you know, your career path, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Alemica. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you very much. So I am actually based out of um, Oxford in the United Kingdom. So kind of um, middle of the motorways here in the UK. So um, genuinely you drive around the motorways and you just see lorries that are full of the goods that we're putting on the road. So um, I'm glad Adrian calls it an exciting sector. I think I bore everyone when I tell them what I do. <laughs> and when I tell them about the cool factories I went to visit rather than the cool office. Um, I actually started life in recruitment. Uh, so placing senior executives who worked all over the world, predominantly in um, West Africa, working in big, um, uh, big farms over there, banana farms, etc. And of course, a huge pressure of that was a uh, part of their job was logistics. And um, one of the main reasons I started working in recruitment is I am trilingual and I wanted to make sure that my languages became uh, business business fluent, which is a very different thing to school fluent or school um, or friend fluent. Um, and so I was very lucky that I spent two years speaking and learning about um, different nationalities, but also different roles. And supply chain was something um, I love the idea of. Um, I think there's parts of it. Um, I'm a bit of a control freak. So it's nice to know that you're in control of the process. You put goods in, they arrive on time and full. Day sales outstanding. Those are really cool metrics to me. Um, but also the good data that you can use in a business. There is so much data out there that... Um, says a lot uh, in theory, but it's kind of got to be put in the right place and used in the right way. And for me, uh, yes, it's supply chain. So logically, I like the process of what we optimize, but there's also the technology part of it that is um, the future. And so that's how I ended up where I am today. And it just keeps getting more and more interesting, really. Um, that's kind of what I do for our customers. So I'm very lucky. I'm very privileged to be in a role where I work uh, very closely with our customer portfolio, our prospect portfolio, which is the leading blue chip organizations across the world from uh, Mondelez, Ferrero as uh, delicious snacks, straight through to the bigger guys like BASF or Dow, um, who are giving the, the raw uh, products, if you like, to these companies to manufacture. So we do right through in, in how I explain it is the manufacturing of the chocolate bar or the shower gel um, or the medicine. AstraZeneca is a customer of ours taking all of that content and making it usable 
And then you go right through business to business until the consumer is taking it off the supermarket shelf, until they are using it for us in the hospital, in the pharmacy, in the doctor's surgery. So it really is B2B for the consumer, but very much B2B focused. Um, I have joined True Alemica through their most recent acquisition, which was their purchase of a company called Omprompt. Um, Very similar to Alemica, we are what I would call a 20-year startup. We have grown and grown and changed and moved with the marketplace, which again makes technology so such a great place to be working because as the requirements of supply chain changed, so could we. And I've been now part of that journey for about six years. So um, weather the storm and um, keep coming back for more. Wow, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I always love asking this question because it never ceases to amaze me, you know, the different starting points that people have that ultimately get them into this industry. So I think you're the first to kind of start it, the, the first guest I've ever had that started in that, you know, uh, executive placement, uh, you know, uh, yeah. role. Uh, certainly being trilingual, you know, supply chains becoming much more global. I mean, certainly that play, that's an asset that's, uh, you know, incredibly important uh, and becoming more so, um, you know, in, in, in today's supply chain arena. And I can just tell from your description, you know, how, how passionate you are about, you uh, you know, this, again, the crazy, but exciting and interesting industry that you're in. And I would say, you know, over the past year, because of the pandemic and all of the challenges, you know, supply chain really became front page news. And yes. I think the the average person now is much more familiar with what supply chain means and, and its impact and role, uh, you know, in, in everyday lives, uh, you know, that uh, I think it's only good for the industry, the more people that understand, you know, uh, you know, what, uh, supply chain does and the people that work in this industry do, uh, I think is, is better for, you know, for everyone. And, you know, it, it's really a, a catalyst for future innovation and, and, and progress. And, yeah, and of course, I haven't been able to say I told you so as much as I would have liked. I haven't been quite that bold yet. I'll give it a few years, but I wish there's lots of customers. I, I you know, I couldn't have predicted the last 14 months, but I did tell them to move more quickly. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely right. I think uh, I think there was a rude awakening in 2020. Yeah, for a yeah, lot of it's companies. a little too soon. The, the, the wounds are a little too open at the moment. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, so again, along those lines, um, you, you know, we, we talk, you know, as an, I've been an industry analyst now for over 22 years. I mean, we've certainly been talking about end-to-end supply chain visibility for a long time. Many companies still struggle with achieving end-to-end supply chain visibility, and they still, a lot of them, still depend on on manual processes again, which which was very painful last year when, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had to deal with the challenges due to the pandemic. So, what are some of the key? you know, hurdles that companies still need to overcome to achieve that visibility and, and create a truly, you know, touchless order, as you, you, you described previously in terms of that whole end-to-end view. Yeah, I think that true touchless order is something that is the goalposts move all the time. Um, you know, uh, if you think there's, there's OCR, you know, absolutely getting data off the page. Um, that is probably what a lot of people would define as a touchless order. If you take everything off the PO and you push it through into whatever requirement you need, brilliant. However, I think what we miss when we talk about, is that a true touchless order? Because typically what's happening, have you actually validated if you've got the stock? Have you checked if the address is right? Have you checked they've used the right SKU? All of these things are still happening manually. And exactly like you're talking about, Adrian, here, you know, there's, yes, of course, there's the COVID pandemic, which has put a huge pressure on people. You know, um, and typically customer services people sat very close together in a shared service center. You take a very contagious virus and God forbid one member of the team gets it, everybody gets it. Or you take a team who are 
very dependent on their setups, their IT setups, their phones, their everything, and you tell them to go and work remote. And they are customer service. They are people, people by definition. Those that's, you know, yes, they're healthy working from home. Are they able to do their job? It's a very different job. They're not allowed to go and visit customers. They're not allowed to go and visit each other. So I think it's put a really big change in, in that structure. But, but another example in the last 12 months of something that totally unrelated to COVID was, of course, the, um, the block of the Suez Canal. Um, that was a huge impact for many of our customers. There's nothing they can do. They cannot get the goods through. They can't. So you can take all the OCR that you like. You can lift all the data off the page. You have no goods. They have not got to the end place. So there's no point. You know, you talk about um, there's nothing worse than overpromising and underdelivering. There's nothing you can do if your technology is lifting off the page and saying, yeah, Mr. Customer, that will be with you tomorrow. Well, what will? Because we've got nothing in the warehouse. Um, and that's when we talk about true touchless transactions is everything from uh, managing exceptions, of course, but also managing stock allocation, managing um, customers who maybe have day one for day two delivery compared to day one for day five delivery. How can we, technology can do all of that. Our, you know, the world is about working with consistent chaos. Technology can fix that gap. What it cannot fix and which absolutely we have to free up super customer services people to work with is inconsistent chaos. And that is really, really what I'm passionate about doing is let people be good at what they're good at and let technology be good at what it's doing and allow these people who want to be looking after customers, let them call them. Don't let them be going through pages of archives of SKU codes of, gosh, what was that number that time? And it's freeing up people to do what people can do and technology cannot. And so totally, really a long story short, but that's really for me is the touchless transaction is end to end, fully processed, delivered on time in full. That is what a touchless order. And the reason I flip in and out the word transaction is sometimes an order is more than just a purchase order. It is a proof of delivery. It is an advanced shipping notification. It's a package. And it's making sure that that touchless order, you've got everything you need in your virtual folder, your virtual binder. And that's the journey that... Um, many, many customers are working on, you know, this, this vision of what is happening rather than this what has happened. And they're using their data points to get there. But they typically have the data and they just don't have the governance. Yeah, and a lot of great, uh, you know, points there. I mean, I, I recall that famous uh, article from Harvard Business Review from many years ago that I think the title was something like staple yourself to a purchase order. And it really kind of highlight the fact that it goes beyond, you know, just that, you know, whether it's a paper purchase order back in the day or an electronic purchase order, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, transactions. There's a lot of other processes that go on, you know, in that whole life cycle um, and, and really having that um, uh, visibility to that broader con you know, perspective and also putting the data in, in the right context, you, you know, is, is also, uh, you know, important. So I think there's a lot of different, you know, uh, uh, touch points there. Um, and you already touched upon this a little bit. And I think, you know, a lot of companies learned this the hard way last year, as we mentioned already, but, but why is changing the status quo so important? I mean, what, what are some of the negative effects of not digitizing and automating your supply chain processes? No, I say, um, I fundamentally see what we, uh, you know, what the space I work in is change management. And I am uh, one of the most adverse to change people ever. <laughs> um, and I get it, you know, and I think particularly when you're working in the world of, I say to anyone I work with, you're selling technology to people, people, right? 
And um, by definition, you then have technical people speaking to people people. And um, challenging that status quo is, uh, you know, that's how any any of us grow and, 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 and uh, change. It's that pressure test, isn't it? If you're not comfy, you're probably just, you always want to be on that edge of comfortable. Um, I think it's really important because it's about, if you look at, for example, um, the 3G capital invest, you know, most, uh, a lot of like 3G capital at Kraft Heinz, for example, they come in many, many companies of blue chip companies are working on zero budgeting. It's not do more with less, it's do nothing where possible save that ROI you know and that's um particularly if you take the last 12 months where the resource has been up um and people have been unable to take breaks or been more able to be pushed right because you go oh I'm working from home I'm not commuting well you're not but commuting used to be quite nice you could listen to the radio you could read a book do you really want to start your working day an hour earlier finish it an hour later every day just because you can and the problem is where the demand was so big in the sectors we're working on, um, I think it's a really important thing of challenging that status quo is, and it's going to be, the impact is massive from this, right? The, it's changed our working life, it's changed our home life, it's changed our demand in the marketplace, loads of these things, and I think that's going to keep happening. And I think at the moment it's more important than ever. We can't see what our staff are doing. You can't see that your customer services people are sweating. <laughs> they are so stressed. But if you have the metrics behind it and you're managing that data, you can comfortably say, no, we're in control because the technology is doing this. This isn't this person's done 20% extra. This isn't this team has done 20% extra because that's not sustainable. A, you're dependent on individuals, which they can, you know, God forbid, they might get a new role where they don't have to work as hard because they've got technology. Um, or, you know, it's about moving your goalposts, your comfort levels as a business. And I think this is a lot of the package of what you can offer staff is scalable. Because also everyone wants to work with tech. It's a big, big CV tick, you know, saying I have worked with, I have implemented a solution that has solved this problem. That's, a, I hope, I believe that's where our, um, it's going to be very, very important career movements for people as well. So it's an opportunity I see it as, as, as for people within the business to work with. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And, you know, I think you, you, you highlight the, I think what's critical, a, a critical piece here that sometimes gets overlooked, which is the, you know, the, the, the human element, you know, to, yeah. to all of this, right? So there is the technology piece, which, you know, arguably gets all the headlines in terms of all the, you know, cool stuff that everybody's talking about these days, right? Machine learning and AI and real-time freight visibility and, and so on and so forth. But there is that human, you know, component to it. And, and at the end of the day, there still is a, 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 a people-based business um, and, and industry. And it's really the, the bringing together both those things, right? How do you bring together the people side of things and the technology side of things to achieve, you know, the, the objectives that you have, not only did your own internal objectives, but, you know, making sure that you're meeting the objectives of, of your customers as well. So I think it's a kind of an interesting yeah, dynamic absolutely. or perspective there to bring those things together. No, and I sit in a very privileged position and working for a business where I get to uh, sell and position and, and uh, oversell um, really fantastic um, concepts, right? And this is more than just um, AI. This is more than just fuzzy logic. Everything people are talking about. This is true. Um, you know, this is absolutely taking, I say it's in our toolkit. We're very privileged. Our, you know, we talk about platforms, et cetera. We have all of these things, you know, everything 
it works and it's always about that is moving the technical goalposts but it has to be in parallel with the business initiatives so I'm very lucky I've got many 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 more intelligent colleagues than me who keep developing this great stuff that I can uh, keep saying works and it does and it really has but it has that impact on and the bottom line you know it just it is it is about the return on investment of, of technology is it, it works so, so kind of building off of that, I mean, so, so you, you know, what capabilities are then most, most important? I mean, as companies are thinking about this and they're saying, okay, let's, let's say we're at the beginning of this trans- digital transformation journey. I mean, what are some of the capabilities as I'm thinking about technology, as I'm thinking about mo- going on this yeah. journey, what, what, which capabilities are most important? So I think that's a really good question. And I think the main thing, I think sometimes when people talk about changing something like touchless order processing, and how, and, and this is something I've seen with customers in the time I've been with the business. Initially, people were a bit embarrassed that they were automating because it wasn't people touching it. And it was a big, big industry secret that they were using automation. Now it's become a bit of a badge of honor. You know, we've got, um, you know, we're this efficient. We've, you know, we've got this much. Uh, this is how it works, etc. Um, I think the main thing that people worry about is how this will impact their customers. Well, it shouldn't. It should, you know, the business as usual should just flow through the system. Those touchless orders, they should only get better customer experience. And in case of exception, you should be, your customers should be notified more quickly. And I think we talk about the capabilities here. Technically, it's about you don't have to be ready to, to work with automation. You can get ready as you automate. You fix, you take your highest volume customers who obviously take the most time and hopefully create the most money for you. You automate them and typically you know the most about them. So you know their, their shades of crazy. You know what, they're, um, what they do, what they breach, what they want, what they mean when they ask for something. And you turn that into a, a sales order. Now we can, you know, you think about that, that's business rule conversion. That is consistent chaos that technology can automate, which is fantastic. But then what we do is you automate that highest, you know, to become more capable. You take these customers you know a lot about, and maybe you're responding to their EDI mandates. Maybe, you know, it doesn't matter, but you move down that margin and say, we then free up our time to look at what we call the tail. How are we going to solve this? How are we going to help these smaller customers? And your teams then have time, headspace, creativity, patience, um, all of those things, which you can't do when you're reactive. And when you can proactively start to think about, you can proactively start to think about how you as a business want to be more capable. And this is where any kind of automation solution, it's very hard to, to sell, to position, because it is different for everybody. We want it to be different for everybody. However, we do have to lead a bit by example to help down, I say, take people down the garden path and then let them wander. <laughs> and let them show you what they need based on the questions they ask. But we do have to go on this journey of saying, your highest volume, your most needy, your most noisy, the ones you need know the most, but let them, that's easy. That's really black and white. But what the capability part where you don't know everything about them, that is where it takes the most time and energy where I think that that freeing that time up and getting creative, that's where technology is at its best. So can you, you, you talk about, uh, um, you know, maybe share some examples. I mean, can you share some examples of companies that have kind of embraced, you know, have undertaken yeah. this journey and, and kind of some of the benefits that they've achieved? Absolutely. So, I mean, ways that, so a lot of companies have worked with us um, due to, for example, mergers. So you take into systems, you've got to work with, and um, 
to systems, to teams, and a lot of uh, requirements that have to happen. Now, if the orders are processing, your customers are sorted. You can focus on people who've got to relocate, you've got to change, you've got to find a new desk in the office. All the things that come with people being merged or acquired into new businesses, don't let that impact the customers. Just let the sales order processing, these touchless orders, absolutely. So many of our customers have leveraged us in this kind of thing. So for example, I had a customer who they took three UK divisions so from different companies and merged them all into one. They had, they thought they were going to have to take on 18, 1H new resources to deal with this. And they didn't have to take on any. We, with from using our platform, from focusing the team's energy on, on working with us, it, they could respond to things with 80% order automation, automating their top customers 100%. And working together to find solutions for the less automated one. They could actually over time allow headcount to move into other departments of the business, natural career progression, which is excellent for people. And they could start to become more ambitious on what they wanted to do with customers who hadn't, who were still calling in with orders, which isn't good for anybody. They could start to proactively say to them, do you want to change? <laughs> what about this way? And it was better for everyone in that way. Um, so that's one example of it. Another customer of mine is um, a very big chocolate company. So Godiva Chocolate. Um, they're not quick turnaround, but they used to, um, it is chocolate. So it's got to get to the store pretty quickly or it melts. Um, but they were using, they were taking four days to process an order because everyone was asking for something different. Everyone wants a slightly different flavor, a slightly different color, a slightly different bow. And that was very, very time consuming for customer services to process. It's taking four days for them to process an order. Through working with us, it became four minutes. And then the customer services team could enter a lot more orders. And their day wasn't surrounded around looking at what went into a box or a mixed palette, or could they mix these colors or not? Oh, I must wait to hear from the warehouse if we can mix that. Technology has said, yeah, it could or couldn't. So, you know, there's lots of different ways. And um, that those are those are two examples of orders that we've allowed customers to do but other examples um and i hope it's going to happen more and more you take green initiatives um you take lorry loads that go to the forecourt of walmart kroger carrefour tesco's of the world now you imagine wine is a very very heavy product so you take a very big lorry and you've got only half of it full with wine and a lot of empty space because otherwise the lorry's over its weight now you can fill that up with toilet paper, for example. And that's got a lot, that's huge and takes up a lot of space, but doesn't have a lot of weight. So you imagine you take a huge lorry that's gonna sit on the forecourt at Walmart, instead of having the lorry that sits behind full of toilet paper and the lorry in front with wine, both at capacity and other shapes and forms of each other, merge them together. But of course, what comes with that, which turns people off, the pressure of what I would call consolidated orders. So you've got, um, a toilet paper company and a wine company who then have to send Walmart one purchase order. Because Walmart's saying, if you turn up together, we want to know what's coming on this day and time. So we can consolidate their two orders, consolidate their advanced shipping notification that goes to Walmart, all of which is giving them gold stars to Walmart because Walmart are ticking their green initiative. Walmart know what's coming in. They're happy. But then what happens on the other side when Walmart sign off and say, actually, we didn't get all the toilet paper that we ordered. That doesn't impact the wine company because we've split out the proof of delivery. So the technology is then saying, oh, toilet paper company, your invoice is going to be wrong. Wine company, great, your invoice, issue it, go for it. 
And those are technology elements that they can use our platform for. Now, all of that is ticking that customer experience for their customer, being the Walmarts, the Krogers, the Carrefours, the Tesco's, any big guy in the world who's telling you what you have to do and ordering in high volume and has a huge forecourt where your big lorries can go to. But equally, it's hitting that technical, it's not putting more pressure on you. So ironically, you try and do something good and it costs you time and money, that doesn't happen with it. So that's another kind of use case that our customers have worked with us on to give good customer experience and also um, just make a difference really. Yeah, a lot of great examples there. I mean, you grew up customer experience and that's something that we've been seeing over the past few years in particular that's becoming a, a competitive differentiator for, for just about every company in, across every industry, right? They're beginning to compete on customer experience. So being able to leverage technology to do some of the things you just talked about um, and looking at it through the customer experience lens is, is you know, important. I think the other thing you, you, you talked about, I think some of the examples is, you know, which I think is where the challenges still remain, but where technology can have the biggest impact is on those long tails of the supply chain, right? So we all, you know, historically, you know, it's, you know, the 80-20 rule, right? 80% uh, of your transactions come from 20% of your, you know, uh, 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 trading partners. And, and those have been, over time, been automated in different ways, whether it's EDI or, or, or things like that. Um, but, you know, being able to move those up the maturity curve relatively quickly so that you can then focus on those long tails as you talked about um you know focus your resources and your technology on, on bringing those on board um I, I think is you know critically important as well um you know so katie as, as a way to wrap up then um i mean how should companies get started i mean what are some important you know success factors here you know so um honestly so many people say we're not ready to automate um, that's I hear that so often. And, um, you know, I respect that people are busy. Um, and, you know, I say, uh, like I said, I am I believe what uh, working in, in this space is change management. This is about um, making people's lives easier. Unfortunately, sometimes to take a step forward. You have to take a few steps backwards. Um, and that's how sometimes the teams feel. Now, we try not to as much as we can business as usual. Um, you know, and I think this is where the, when you whether you look at a tool or a managed service, this has to be a decision that businesses make based on their requirements. In order to get started, I think it's very simple. Um, I think it's about taking um, where you are today. And like I said, initially, you might look at your highest volume customers or maybe customers are asking you to trade in a certain way or maybe your tail. And today we've talked a lot about orders. It might actually be that penalties or claims are the problem. Um, I don't really, um, I couldn't speak for everybody on where they want to start their projects, but I can say 80% of our customers start in orders, because if you get the order right, you're more likely to have less problems down the road, might not be the case. Um, if that's the, the case, then um, it's really up to people how they, um, they, they would want to work. I say, come to us with a problem. And it's up to us to fix it around the technology on it. Now, that problem can be all sorts of things. It can be do more with less. It can be uh, different ERP systems because of merger or acquisitions. Um, it can be customer mandates that you're trying to respond to. It can be time pressures. All of these things we can do. Um, but it's just a matter of how um, uh, the companies want us to. So we try and be as agile as we can to each individual's requests. But like I said before, it really is a matter of as well, we work in this network. We work very 
um, ruthlessly focused in our sectors so we can coach if we wanted to. Um, and it's just a matter of um, picking and choosing where we can help and what, what people would want us to. So really, it is about everyone's individual journey and we are happy to help identify the pain points and then starting with those and then giving people the creativity to find the next um, problem the whole way through. Great. Well, I mean, obviously, I think, as you said, I think the, the starting point is probably going to be different for, for every yeah. uh, for every company, but there's got to be this commitment to going back to, again, what you said earlier, this commitment to, you know, change management, this commitment to change and improve and really having this culture of, of continuous improvement. I think if you're if you're a company that has this uh, culture of continuous improvement, this is going to come naturally to you. You're always going to be looking to, you know, identify where the bottlenecks are, identify where the inefficiencies are. And, and look for ways to, via people, processes, and technology to improve along the, those those lines. And, and I think that that's the you know the the, the bottom line here. Um, you know, Katie, uh, as always, uh, you know, we always manage to scratch the surface on these topics. But you provided some great insights and, and advice and ideas for companies uh, on this topic. So again, thank you very much for making the time to be with us today. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Great. I want to thank those of you uh, that uh, joined us today. Uh, if you've got a uh, question or a comment for Katie and um, you want to uh, uh, ask her, you can post it either at the uh, Lemica website uh, or on the uh, Talk and Logistics website. And I'm sure that she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for Absolutely. joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talk and Logistics. Have a great day.